The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planner, Greg Cooley. And today, uh, I have with me as my co-host, not certified financial planner, Bubba Labus, but uh, real estate guru, Robert Williams. Thanks, Robert, for being with me. Glad to be here this morning. It's always good to have you uh, uh, in here and co-piloting with me and helping me get this thing through and get it in for a landing. Oh, it's fun. I'm glad you asked me. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, uh, a couple things before we really get into the meat of uh, real estate. Uh, And today, by the way, those of you who are listeners, uh, we're going to cover present real estate market, but we're also going to talk about how real estate affects you and should you try to be one of these flippers that you see on the HGTV and that sort of stuff. So, Robert, um, you came back here, back to Corinth, Mississippi, after you'd gone off to college and gotten a job with Arthur Anderson. When did you come back? Uh, October 1998, 1998 I believe. I, believe. So I, I worked in Memphis for two years. With Arthur Anderson? With Arthur Anderson. CPA, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, doing corporate tax returns. All right. And that wasn't my cup of tea, though. <laughs> Cubicles get small. <laughs> they, they, they do, and numbers run together, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it is who you are or it isn't, huh? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then um, you had an opportunity to come back in the family business? Yeah, Dad started in real estate. Well, he started in insurance in 1968, and then in real estate in 1970, and did both for many years. And I tried both for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, was too busy in real estate, and either was gonna, you know, have to choose one of the mm-hmm. or not do have the time I needed for the yeah. the other, and I didn't want to do it and not do a really good job mm-hmm. in insurance. So I chose to go solely the real estate route all right so y'all sold the insurance side and somebody else is doing that now yeah yep yeah they do a good job they are still in the office with us mm-hmm. uh, alex kirkendall and, mm-hmm. um but uh, i i focus solely on the real estate myself now on the real estate side how many staff members and other agents do you have in there um we have uh gene bale just retired after like 39 oh. years maybe Ooh, that hurts uh yeah we <laughs> miss her and uh but uh ashley uh mm-hmm. blunt uh is kind of handling two roles at the moment mm-hmm. and uh, she's a licensed agent mm-hmm. and, and an assistant and does a lot of uh stuff for us in the office and uh and then prentice butler and ron Rentfro and mike glisten and i mm-hmm. uh are the sales team yeah, uh, and uh, after having been here since 1998, you've seen some stuff. You've seen a, a number of cycles, haven't Ups you? Ups and downs, and this is the craziest one so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to presently, talk about how crazy it is. But you came in in 1998. We... We went through uh, on the stock market side and the and the economy. We went through the the dot com craze. Do you see the 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 real estate business 
you know, kind of following the indicators of the rest of the economy. You know, if people's stock market uh, balances and their 401k balances are, are great, they feel a little bit more positive, and then they jump into real estate. You see that? Definitely, yeah. There's kind of a correlation there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, making a purchase is one of the, you know, home is one of the biggest assets mm. that an individual have. Um, and so to go out there and take that step of faith, mm. You got to feel good about your your current financial status and your job and or your your assets you've built up through four hundred one ks or yeah. whatever. And uh, so when fe- people feel comfortable, they can make those payments or per- or just flat out you know pay cash for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely real estate is stronger in those times. All right. So you came in in 1998. We went went through the kind of dot-com thing with the economy, went went through Y2K. Uh, I'm just thinking about all these yeah. things you've had to weather as a real estate person. Yeah. it. Uh, everybody was worried about Y2K. Of course, mm-hmm. nothing really happened. Right. Um, but it did kind of slow things down a little. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, 2001 through 2007, we saw an increase every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, those were some of my first years in it, and I was like, man, this is, this is nice. good. I like this. Uh, <laughs> then come 2008, and my income, uh, I wasn't prepared for it to happen. Like, I didn't see it coming, Mm-mm. totally cut in half the next year. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. no fun. No, not at all. And it lasted for, a, yeah, a couple we were, of years there, right? It dropped down in 2008, and it stayed flat pretty much – till about 13 2013 so so yeah it was tough though yeah thankfully that the housing values didn't tank like they did in some parts of the country like 30 and 40 percent you know in some of those areas yeah yeah south florida places um california but we did see a decrease but it was mainly we mainly just had a lack of of activity. Of activity. Mm. There was no buyer demand at all. Right. Every, people were scared to buy or could not get a loan. Which goes back to that first point we made where people, yeah, were, yeah, you know, exactly. people didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. They were a little scared of their. You saw <laughs> industries in our country, major industries taking bailout money. Mm. And so it was a uncertain time for everybody yeah. financially. And and speaking of the uncertainty, one of the things that you've experienced, and I'm, I've seen that this happen nationally in the real estate market, is not only were, were sales affected and people and their attitude about sales affected, building was affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nationally, we're seeing the problem right now from that. Ooh. Nationally, starting in 2007, according to Lawrence Young, who's the economist for the National Association of Realtors, U.S. builders were building about 900,000 too few new homes a year during that period to keep up with the population growth of America. Okay. So for six or seven, eight years, there was a a half million up to close to a million new home starts a year too few to keep up with the demand of the population growth. Yeah. So over... Seven, seven or eight years, that's four or five million too few homes in the U.S. Right. Everywhere, everywhere in the U.S. now has a housing shortage. Pretty much everywhere. Everywhere mm-hmm. I've heard of. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Including here. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, I, you know, uh, I, I experienced a little bit of that phenomenon a few weeks ago. I, I came home from work about 5.15 in the afternoon, driving to my neighborhood. There's an F-150 Ford truck, really nice truck, but I didn't recognize it driving through the neighborhood and it it would stop at a home and the driver would get out and go up to the front door and knock on the door and you know at five o'clock in the afternoon not everybody was home 
And, and, and if you were home, he'd have a quick conversation with you, jump back in his truck. Well, he, he had already passed my house because I wasn't at home when he first knocked on my door. He was two or three houses down. He sees me in his rearview mirror pull into my driveway, so he backs up. And after I got out of my vehicle, he, uh, opened, he rolled down his window and he said, Want to sell your house? I said, No. He said, Make me a number. Give me a number. Give me an offer. I said, I don't want to sell my house. And he starts telling me he's coming here, you know. I need his name and number. Well, you've already <laughs> sold him a house. <laughs> but but he, he, he told me he was coming here with an industry, and he needed to buy a house, and he had sold his house somewhere else. He's looking for one. And I said, dude, I don't care if I say a million dollars and you're willing to give it to me. Then I become you. Right. I'm the dude driving. I'm the dude knocking on doors. Yeah, please come here. Because, My yeah, wife's about to kill me. Exactly. I, I sold her house out from under her. So, yeah, that's a weird phenomenon. Uh, we're going to continue our discussion related to real estate with Robert Williams right here on the uh, Super Talk Radio's Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley here with uh, Bailey Williams Realty, Robert Williams, uh, here today, and we're talking a little bit about real estate. And we went into that last break, and we were talking about how that, uh, you know, we haven't built enough houses in America over the last 10, 12 years, and it's starting to catch up. So let's think about the symptoms of, uh, of that issue. Uh, first of all, uh, if you're looking for a home, uh, you may not find one. Uh, and if you find one, you're probably going to have to pay top dollar, aren't you? Yes. Yes. And that's the reality of supply and demand. I mean, it's. Yeah. 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 You know, used to, or at least kind of in our, our mind, we think, hey, I'm going to make an offer on a $200,000 house. I'm going to offer them 180 and. You know, their asking price is two hundred. We'll we'll kind of settle somewhere in there. You may have to pay the two hundred now, huh? Yeah, I had a, I had a client uh, in the last couple of days. A new listing popped up, and mm-hmm. they told me, you know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna use some fake numbers mm-hmm. here. Just mm-hmm. to, yeah, they don't know I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, talking Protect on the radio. The <laughs> but uh, they but let's say the house was three hundred, and they mm-hmm. said I want you know I think I'm gonna offer them see if I can get it about two seventy, and I was like, mm-hmm. well. I mean, I don't blame you for trying, wanting to try, mm-hmm. and uh, but right now in this market, it's just not gonna, you know, mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen because somebody's gonna pay the three hundred, mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. maybe three hundred five, three ten. So, mm-hmm. um, and they said, yeah, I know, you're right. I just, <laughs> I said, any other time that you know, yeah. it's a possibility, but not right now. It's the way your mama taught you to do <laughs> yeah. it, right? Yeah, I'd be, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. I, but I'd be shocked if it happened right now. Mm-mm course we we try anything but well, you know yeah yeah you can come with an offer but right. you know they're probably going to send get you your back. hopes up yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so first of all the, the the symptom we have of the fact that we haven't built a lot is that the supply and demand thing uh availability and the price is something we see the other thing is those people who got burned, you know, you asked the question, I asked the question, and I, I asked you before when you, you've been on the, the show over the previous years, you know, why aren't we keeping up in America? Why aren't we, you say, well, we're a half million too few, we're a million too few from this year to that year. Well, why, why aren't we keeping up? Well, a lot of people don't want to be in the construction business, do they? Yeah, that, there's, there's always risk involved when you're building spec houses. Mm-hmm. 
And so they were scared to build them back then because buyers couldn't get loans. And they didn't want to sit on them and eat the interest for a year or two. <laughs> then they built it for nothing, basically, because <laughs> yeah. um, there's no profit left. Right. Um, and and we're also, we've had an issue this year, uh, well, in the last several years. Uh, I know a couple of uh, contractors that they're turning down new builds every day because they don't have enough help. Mm. Good good. Reliable, mm-hmm. uh, skilled, mm-hmm. skilled uh, teammates to, to right. build those houses. Right. Uh, and one I work with in particular, you know, he could do twice as many if he had uh, twice the people. Twi- yeah, <laughs> T- uh, right. Three more good, reliable guys like he's got now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, in real estate, new home construction makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you think about it, it it helps the. The, the lumber mm-hmm. sellers here, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Alcorn Builder Supplies mm-hmm. and, and whoever. The, um, it helps plumbers, electricians, mm-hmm. roofers. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those people buy groceries. Brick, yeah. People that sell the bricks, people that sell the concrete, mm-hmm. all the people that are paid to install and do the work, cabinets, right. appliances. Right. It makes the world go around. Real I mean, estate agents. Real estate agents, <laughs> right. closing attorneys, right. home inspectors, appraisers, mm-hmm. l- lenders. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, it affects everything. So, um, and uh, If you, you don't know, have that. Yeah. If you don't have the the, the workforce mm-hmm. that's willing to work, mm-hmm. that, that slows things down too, which we're seeing that right now. Yeah. And, you know, people really, first of all, you did a great job of making a list of the people uh, that it affects in our economy. Uh, the, the other thing that if, if you're thinking about building a house, you know, you talk to a contractor if you can find one. And I'm going to get back to that, mm-hmm. that point in a minute. Yeah. But you talk to he, he or she, that's not the only person who's going to be on your property. Right. There are a lot of people involved. You got people involved with the foundation and framing, you know, roofers yeah. and, and cabinet people, flooring, all that. Painters. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you build a house, a 2,000 square foot house, you might end up having had 50 people on your property. Oh, yeah, truthfully. And, I mean, that's 50 people that are getting a paycheck because that one house is being built. Mm -hmm. Now, I go back to my point about there may not be a contractor to find. Back in 2006, 7, and 8, you've already explained that dynamic, what was happening. Yeah, we had several builders quit building at that time Mm -hmm. and never started back. Mm Mm-mm. They, they, may they have, did spec homes. Yeah, they may have um, retired. Or, yeah, or just didn't want to take the risk anymore. Changed professions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it's and it's hard work. I mean, those guys work hard. You know, <laughs> yes, they um, they're out there in the summertime. Their th- their job is not air conditioned. You know, <laughs> no. so and they you know it's hard work. It, um, it really is. And and uh, you have to admire them for for what they do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you have? Do you see a glimmer of hope, uh, you know, or just in this part of the country, not necessarily looking at national st- statistics, but in this part of the country, do you see a glimmer that we're starting to catch up at all? I, um, not really on the inventory yet. I think the mm. market's going to stay a seller's market for mm. a while. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the only, the one thing that may help us soon mm. is, is this, the schools are talking trades jobs mm. more and not everybody has to go to college because there's a lot of people yeah. going to college that can't get a good job when they get out you could go straight into a trade mm. be a learn go learn is you know 
work is, and learn to be a contractor, a builder, an uh, electrician, a plumber. Right. Come out and immediately have a job making good money and right. as much work as you want. Uh, I, and so. I, uh, you're making a great point. And just as an aside here, I want to speak to parents and grandparents. And that is, if you're a high school senior, says, you know, I know you saved for my college, Mom, but I just don't want to do any more history and math and 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 and, and English and and literature. I uh, I want to work with my hands and I want to lay brick. Well, let me tell you, personally, as a financial advisor. I got a bunch of bricklayers and a bunch of plumbers and a bunch of electrical, uh, you know, contractors who are clients of mine that make over six figures. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and, and they're there. You can be your own boss, and you know, it's it. There's something to be said for that. And so it's not just a contractor that may not be available if you want to build a house. Right. If you own a home and you got a leaky faucet, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? Yeah. It's yeah. You know, it that's always one of those things you're like, Oh man, I gotta find somebody to fix this, you know, and it's and you don't want it to sit for a week no. or two. You wanna fix it now and it's yeah. yeah. And there's just I mean, there's a shortage. Yeah. So it you can get into that field, go work for somebody and learn how to do it and uh you'll I mean yeah. you'll never be without work. That's right. And and you'll be great for Thirty or forty years, yeah. And you know, if you may not want. On one hand, you may not be one of those people that needs to go to college or wants to go to college. Not to say anything about your intelligence; it's just who you are. On the other hand, you may not be a person who wants or needs to go to work in a factory. You don't want to be confined. You don't want to be in that same place. And so, this is kind of a middle of the road thing, isn't it? it really, is thinking about it like that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and and, and you can do with it. As much as you want. I mean, mm. you know what I mean? You can you can take it to another level. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you, you could, for a builder, for instance, mm -hmm. you could, if you enjoy just going and working hard and getting your paycheck, and mm -hmm. you know, you can go work for a builder and, mm -hmm. and be a framer or whatever. Or you may decide, hey, I want to be the general contractor myself one day and start building and developing myself. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you can... Yep. You can take it as far as you really want. You really can. And uh, actually going back to, I'm sitting here just thinking off the top of my head, uh, based on that point that you're making, um, back in 2007, 8, 9, when a number of these contractors decided they didn't want to take the risk, they didn't want to be in the, build, in, in the industry anymore, their experience and their abilities got them jobs in maintenance. Right. Yeah. You know? And now they have benefits right. given to them. Yeah. Um, and it, it, so there are a number of alternatives oh, yeah. uh, as to what to do with your career there. It gives you a lot of flexibility. It really does. And you're aware of the, the real estate world. And not only could you work for yourself or work for a contractor or be in maintenance somewhere, you know, you may want to own some rental property. Yeah. And you can do a lot of that work you yourself. Do a lot of it yourself or, or, or you know, buying remodeling flipper property and yeah. and sweat equity is worth right. a lot oh yeah definitely. Uh -huh. and you can get it done quicker <laughs> <laughs> yeah and know it's done right yeah exactly. right and we're getting close to being up against a break and i want to uh, preview what we're going to talk about in in the next segment and that is you know is hgtv the real world <laughs> well the markets are different you know it, it is real in a way but mm. And some of those shows may be a little 
staged. Or, yeah. I'm not sure that everything really happened the way they showed it, but <laughs> the 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 basis of it is is real. It, it, yeah, and we're going to talk about that in the in the next uh, segment here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Greg Cooley, along with Robert Williams. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley, along with Robert Williams, our resident real estate expert. So, Robert, let's talk a little bit, just uh, kind of an, as an aside, and I think it's kind of entertaining to think about it. HGTV, you know, I see people that are always flipping it and, and that sort of thing, and I've tried that a little bit in my lifetime, but two or three things, and I, I, see, I want to see if you agree with me about that. If you're going to do it, it probably doesn't need to be a sideline for you. Uh, that's my experience. You need to really concentrate on it, don't you? So you can, you can control cost and other things. Yeah, I mean, you at least need to know the market, like mm-hmm. the market you're dealing with really well. Because I do, I do one occasionally, mm-hmm. um, but I know that I mean I know the market. I know if I'm buying it at a good price, mm-hmm. and I know what I can get for it if I do certain things and what things will add value for what I have to spend on. All right, so you made three points there. Okay, you know the market. You you know the neighborhood. Phil right. says he wants to sell you, our executive producer over here, he says he wants to sell you his house. You kind of know, you know, you drive by. You know, you've been in real estate a, a number of years, since 1998. You know where he lives and what houses bring and kind of what his is worth, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and right then, away I'd have a good feel if it was. Yeah, you know, the and then he says I want to sell it for X amount. And oh, by the way, I haven't updated the kitchen in thirty years, and there's a little leak around the commode in one of the bathrooms, and I've never landscaped the backyard. Huh? Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> You've run into this before, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know if you put money in the kitchen, whether you're going to get the money back or not, right? Right. And you yeah. know, do you need to put granite in that neighborhood, in that house? Yeah. Some you do, some you don't. It depends. Uh, yeah. It depends yeah. on the price range you're dealing with. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You probably don't, even though the backyard may need to be landscaped, you probably don't need to dig a pool, do you? No. Huh? No. Huh? Not good investments. They're for fun. Okay. And enjoyment. Okay. They're not for an investment. All right. So if, if if you're thinking about this, you're out there listening to this and you're thinking, you know, that's kind of describing what my wife and I think we want to do on the weekends. We, we, we've got a house in mind we think we could buy for a decent price and we want to be flippers. Tell us some of the things they ought to think about doing to a house that will bring them, they'll get most of the money, if not all the money back. Right. Um, there's a lot of things. Uh, your your best returns would be uh, kitchen remodels, mm-hmm. bathroom remodels, okay. uh, new flooring. Mm-hmm. Not typically a super high cost if you buy. You know you don't want to go with high end flooring. You want to go with okay. nice looking but economical flooring. All right. Uh, new paint, those kind of things. Um, yeah. The but the kitchen and baths are the the main the main money. That's that's what the buyers are looking at okay so all right Uh, what are some things i probably need to stay away from you already indicated i don't need to put a pool in yeah definitely not a pool Mm -hmm. um and it it depends on the price range like you don't you don't need to worry about uh granite countertops Mm -hmm. in a house that you're going to be selling you know under a hundred thousand okay uh and you don't really need to worry about it in the 150 200 range 
unless you got enough margin in there. Mm-hmm. Then it will definitely help you sell it quicker. Okay. But you got to see where your margin's going to be. Is it is it worth the extra money to spend? You don't want to remodel one and flip it and barely, you know, for nothing. Uh, yeah. So it's work. So, right. Yeah. Um, and it's a couple thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but in certain price, right, you know, you definitely need granite for yep. sale. And okay. you got you don't you know and and you know you don't necess- you don't need to put in a gas range mm. when you or a drop in stove when mm. you can do a, a freestanding stove you know okay. you just got to watch things that are big price differences okay that you're not going to get back okay a difference um, sometimes you get emotional though you know and yeah. you get in there and your brother in law comes over and says well if I was doing it I'd put that granite in and I'd also get them pine floors and you know I, I'd rehang all the doors and, and get rid of those hollow you know I, and some of those things would be great if you're gonna live there yeah right yeah, yeah exactly if you're not planning to resell it and one thing I see some on, on where people are attempting to flip things is if you're not skilled at doing it, don't. Some things you need to hire it out, you know, because you may put new floors in there, but if they're not installed correctly mm-hmm. and they're kind of, you know, the laminate flooring is rising up off the floor, <laughs> or you know, yeah. you didn't put shoe mold down, uh-huh. or you didn't put do it well, right? Things like that stand out. And, yeah. If you uh, don't know the definition of miter saw, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't need to be thinking about the shoe mold. No, seriously, you'll, right. you'll see somebody will install the baseboards and they just did straight cuts on the end and just put them. To, you know, it just yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's in a house that is in a good neighborhood, right. or uh, it, it, you don't want it looking like the t- the hunting cabin. Right, and a lot of times the problem is people just not knowing the values they're dealing with. Mm. They don't buy it at a price that's conducive to to putting what you need to into it right and making a good return right or they overestimate what they can sell it for when they're done mm-hmm. and you know and they get too much in it and then the margin they thought they were going to have is not there so right it's, it's not as easy as you think it's not there's a lot of thinking about it you need to keep the emotion out of it you probably need to ask questions if you haven't done this this much it, yeah. you know as, as you indicated and I indicated for you a minute ago if you're thinking about doing it it's a whole lot different than somebody thinking about doing it who's never done one. Because you've been doing this since 98, right. and your father had been doing it since the late 60s. Right. So there's a whole lot of institutional knowledge there. Oh, yeah. It comes with trial and error, a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> so, really. Yeah. But now it's part of the fiber of who you are and your business. Right. Right. You just know not to do that. I've got a house coming, fixing to be coming on the market, and I'll probably get a bunch of calls this afternoon. <laughs> I hope so. What house is that? <laughs> um, but I got a house that I'm about to list, and the homeowner asked me. He had me over, mm-hmm. asked, "What do we need to do?" Mm-hmm. And and you know, I think he knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. I said, "I'm not going to say his name," but I, I was just like, "Hey, man, you may not want to do this, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to be worth it." You need to redo your whole kitchen before mm-hmm. we list it. Really? New cabinets, new floor, new countertops. Mm-hmm. He listened, it, and the granite was going mm-hmm. in. Yes, started yesterday and going to be finished today, and then the appliances are going in the next day or two. Okay. Um, it's made a world of difference, and it's going to – it's going to – because it, it was a nice home. It's mm-hmm. going to be in an mm-hmm. upper price range, mm-hmm. and uh, the kitchen was not – what it should have been. And it wasn't their fault. They, right. it, it was a 30-year-old house. It needed okay. updating. Okay. Um, and his wife was a little... She's like, I can't believe you're doing all this after we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be worth it to him. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's another one that that I found. The few that I've done through my career, uh, lighting. Now, lighting, like in that new kitchen. Yep. You know, uh, redoing the lighting in there can just you know you redo yep. the lighting in a kitchen you don't redo. Yeah, yeah, and you you know can lights are, mm-hmm. are popular now and really mm-hmm. good in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. But if you have old fixtures, right. that's something you can do that doesn't. I mean, yes, it costs. Mm-hmm. You could re- do new lights in a whole house mm-hmm. for you know if you're doing it. It depends on the house, right? Fifteen hundred, yeah, yeah, two thousand dollars, something like that, and put ni- nice looking stuff in there and totally change the whole look of the house. Yeah. From, from the old from thirty year old fixtures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really and true. I've I've realized that over time. I've looked at maybe apartments that maybe I'm going to buy from somebody like an estate or something. I look at the apartments and I'm thinking, you know what? I come in here with about 15 gallons of paint and about 15 new light fixtures and I've invested five grand and I can get 30 more. Just yeah, you just look at it. And you don't, and I, we have mentioned kitchen. You don't always need to do a whole new kitchen. Mm-hmm. It could be new pools mm-hmm. and new countertops. Ooh, um, good point. Or or just refacing the cabinet doors. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't always need new cabinets. You don't have to take them down, right? Sometimes you can just make some little tweaks and make them look twenty years newer. Oh, you know, boy. So yeah, yeah, and really and truly, you think about it yourself. If you're looking at Buying a new house, what's really important to you? The location, which mm-hmm. neighborhood it's right. in, what it looks like from the street, and when I walk in, the places I'm going to spend the most time. Yeah, probably the kitchen. Yeah. You look like you hang out in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I follow her I look like lot. I hang out in the kitchen. <laughs> I do, buddy. I do. You know, she, she goes in there and starts whipping up those brownies. I'm like a puppy. I'm a, <laughs> when are they going to be done? When are they going to be done? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So you do. You, you spend a lot of time in the kitchen and the bathroom and the family room. You know, and, and in the family room, a new coat of paint and a new light fixture. Yeah. Make Suddenly, a world of difference. It, it makes a world of difference. It, and I think you make a good point that when we're watching HTV, HGTV, some of that stuff gives us good ideas and maybe gets the creative juices flowing and the interest and all that sort of stuff. But we need to be thinking about the practical side of that because behind the scenes, they had yeah. a lot of decisions to make. Oh, a ton. And uh, I've never gotten a flip done in like two days. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a little push yeah. into reality. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. like, what? No, 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 no. It looked really good when, you know, they only had 15 seconds left to go in the show. You know? Well, you rarely see their ones they didn't make money on either. You know, mm-hmm. most of those things, you see their. Mm-hmm. Their best case mm-hmm. deals. That's right. They so. show the one where they made one hundred and fifteen thousand, but they don't show you the one where they lost forty. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's happened at some point. Ooh. If you're doing enough of them, you're not going to hit a home run every time. That's exactly right. And a great point I want to make in the last minute before we go to this to to this uh, break, and that is, um, as in everything, buying stocks, investing in real estate. Um, you know, trying a new exercise when you're in the gym. Some things work. Some yep. things don't. Some things don't. That's right. And you, you just got to roll with it. I, I, I've used this quote before, and actually it was made by uh, one of your dad's friends. Uh, he told me a long time ago, he said, when it comes to investing or real estate, 
uh, you're going to lose every now and then. And if you don't hit a stone every now and then, you're not plowing deep enough. In other words, that's, that's a pretty good statement. You know, yeah. uh, you, like you got to do it. You got to be involved. You got to try things. There are some risks, as you pointed out earlier, but there also can be some rewards. And we're going to talk about the rewards of real estate when we come back from this break here on the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planner Greg Cooley and real estate expert Robert Williams with us today. And we're talking about uh, real estate and uh, some of the particulars related to the real estate market and dealing with real estate and real estate valuations and all those sorts of things. I want to spend this last eight or ten minutes of the show with you, Robert, talking about the, the, the rewards of owning real estate. Uh, first of all, let's just talk about raw land. Uh, you and your family ever bought just, uh, you know, farmland or timberland and, and owned it as part of your portfolio? Yes. Uh, my grandfather bought timberland was kind of his his investment back then. Okay. And uh, he used to buy it about $12, $14 an acre. But, <laughs> Whoa. Um, he wouldn't look at it if it was over 15 an acre. He wouldn't even go look. He's like, that's too high. Really? Yeah. No, now, now, we're talking the 30s and 40s, right? 50s, somewhere uh, in there? 50s, 60s. Okay. All right. Um, $15 an acre. Yeah. He had a friend told him he was crazy for buying all that old land out there. <laughs> he just smiled. You know, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. He yeah, didn't it, have to have a, a an instant return, though, did he? No. He, uh, he, was, he was thinking the long term. He was thinking long term. And... Uh, and growing, growing pine trees, mm -hmm. uh, timber. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it was hardwood, when, or it was mostly hardwood when they bought it, and <laughs> and they would plant uh, pine on it because it grew quicker. That was kind of when pine timber was kind of getting big. Mm -hmm. You know, they were using it for all the building materials and stuff. All right, like. so let's think about kind of uh, the nuances of making those decisions. First of all, he kind of knew what he could afford or wanted to afford. Mm -hmm. Yep. He knew a, a range he was comfortable buying it in. Right. And he also, his thinking was, you know, he knew, he realized the growth in the United States population goes mm -hmm. up every year. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's no more land. You uh, can't make any more. So yeah, that's a great he just, point. He just figured over time, there'll be more demand, um, you know, for land. And yeah, and it's, it would go up in value. And it does. Yeah. Over time it goes up. Um, but you got to wait. Yeah, you got patience, to, bud. You got to have patience on that. Yeah, <laughs> you're rarely gonna go buy a track of land and be able to flip it um, in a short period of time. Like, I mean, if you got lucky and somebody, you know, you stumbled you're right. on a That's deal. That's rare, isn't it? Some, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you got it's a long term investment. All right, so just uh, uh, raw investable land is something that probably will uh, gain you a profit mm -hmm. over time. Over time, and you. But you do, you know, you do have to pay property tax on mm -hmm. it yearly, and mm -hmm. thankfully, it's not that high on on acreage mm -hmm. per se. That's really not improved, right? Unimproved right. property, right? All right. So, you know, we look at that as a possible uh, investment, and we look at it as something that could give us a positive return over time. Uh, then we move move up. Let's say uh, you made the point earlier about spec houses. That's speculation. That's what that stands for, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so when you're building one of those, you're you don't necessarily have a buyer, do we? You don't have a buyer yet. Typically you're speculating that you're gonna build something that somebody'll want mm -hmm. and that you'll be able to sell it within a reasonable time mm -hmm. and make 
a profit on it, you know, obviously. All right. So uh, two or three things are at work there, too. Where are we going to build this thing? Right. Got to pick a good location, 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 location. Right. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you, you could buy a larger parcel and subdivide it mm. into a subdivision or just, you know, it doesn't have to technically be a subdivision, but right. Uh, or you could just buy an individual lot. You know? All right. So uh, I, I'm going to spend just a couple minutes on this, but I think a lot of people need to understand this who've never done it. The subdivision thing. That's expensive, isn't it? It is. And uh, Dad used to, he, he started, he has started himself or as a partner with others. Mm-hmm. When he passed away, I think it, I, I figured it up. I think it was like somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 or 14 different subdivisions <laughs> from Tishomingo County to here, up at Pickwick and all around Corn. He was a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he, uh, you know, you, you got to you buy the land, mm-hmm. then you got to put the infrastructure in. You got to pay for surveying costs, mm-hmm. sewer, water, mm-hmm. you know, electrical, mm-hmm. all those things to go in. Right. Um, it's a lot of expense. Uh, mainly the ro- the most expensive thing, obviously, is the roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in the city, you got to have them the city specs and, um, Dad always said, if, if you're going to do some development, your land cost should be no more than one third. I mean, your land cost is going to be about a third. But now it's probably not. That's probably not the case anymore because um, roads and mm-hmm. the cost is so, so high. Yeah. Right. Um, and as you said, inside the city, you're going to have to spend a little more. You'll spend a lot more on the roads than you will buying all the land, mm-hmm. uh, and then the infrastructure. So. That's a tough. Uh, it is. It's tough to subdivide and, and, and do subdivision new ones right now. Yeah, because you cost. think about it. You know, you buy a piece of property, you put the roads in, you get the infrastructure, plumbing, electrical, all that so, sort of stuff. You got to market it, and then you sell three lots. Yeah, you got to sell the lot. You got to be able to sell them pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these larger city sprawling areas, like right. over in south of Memphis and South Haven or Olive Branch, some of those areas. Yeah, you'll see a track of land over there. They'll subdivide it, and it'll, they'll sell every lot in two two years. Right, right. Uh, here, it might take you 20, so if you're paying interest, that's not good, you know. That's right. That, that's exactly right. But there can be some rewards, and I think one of the reasons your dad did it was not just the bottom line. He wanted to make a profit, but, you know, I've always thought Bailey was a kind of a visionary. I, you know, some of the places he put the these, these subdivisions, I'm like, you know what? Nobody really thought that that would do well, but out there... That's, yeah, it's been attractive. It's been a good thing. Yeah, he enjoyed doing it too, and he did it back in the eight. A lot of those he started in the eighties, mm-hmm. when Lockheed Martin and Aerojet and all those folks were coming in, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they were expecting a lot of growth and yes, at the time. So. Yeah, uh, but there was there was not only financial reward there, but there was personal and psychological reward that came out of that development and be, having a place to sell. It. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just it was personal enjoyment of that. So we can we could possibly invest in, in land. It possibly could have timber on it, but we're going to have to wait. We could possibly invest if we had enough money and capital and the ability to borrow uh, in subdivisions. But we're probably going to have to wait a little while on the, the real. Because the majority of the time, those first three the lots that you sell, you didn't get all your money back. Oh, heck no. <laughs> so, so your real profit comes on the end, those yeah. last five or ten. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's back end. It is. Back end uh, is where you would make the make your profit. Here's another uh, kind of real estate that the majority, now not everybody does raw land and timber, and not everybody does subdivisions, but just about everybody, or at least half of us in America, at one time in our lifetime, we're going to own our personal residence. Mm-hmm. Yep. There can be a reward out of that, too. Definitely. The... A, it's going to go up in value over time if you maintain the property. Mm-hmm. Location is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, if you maintain your property historically, in Corinth, Mississippi, houses average appreciation of 3 to 4% a year. Okay. Over time. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, basically, you can pay it off, and you're not making payments anymore. Uh, You've got equity. Uh-huh. It's, you, know, yep. Um, yep. You, can, you can borrow against that equity if you need mm-hmm. it. Or, yeah. But... Or, or your one day when you you can sell, you know, your family may sell your house one day, and mm-hmm. when you've passed on, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great asset to pass on. It's an on. asset that they receive yep. upon sale, the equity of it. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's not really a, an industry that gets a lot of time, and it's really not a, a concept that I do a lot of um, of um, advising on uh, and advise people to do it. But you know, uh, there are people who. It's only you left in the world, and you want to be able to see the world, and one of your largest assets is your house, and you can do a reverse mortgage mortgage there. Uh, Not necessarily for everybody, right? but if over time you've built up the equity, you've got a lot of flexibility with your financial Right, right. It allows you to enjoy that asset. Outside of the of the house itself. Yeah, yeah. And the rules are set up in a way where you can't go overboard. There's only a certain amount of the equity that you can reverse and all those sorts right. of things. But real estate is an attractive thing for a person's portfolio if you can afford it, if you understand it a little bit, and if you got some time. Right, yeah. Typically, time is involved in, in, in creating... Uh, investment income off of it. you got to have a little time. It it is. And we didn't even get to rental property and all that other stuff. And we'll do that the next time that you're with us. Thanks a lot to Robert Williams from Bailey Williams Realty for being with us. And we'll have him on again right here on Super Talk Radio at the Advisors Roundtable. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.